0: well hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of i read somewhere that and it's about book parties and book blurbs this week i went to an enana book launch there were three marvelous works daria 29 leads to love and the becoming and i must admit my own book launches used to stress me out terribly I would worry for months in advance, was anyone going to come? Would the book be well received? How would the evening go? And it actually was an extremely stressful event. But having said that, I would love to have one again. And um, my next book will be coming out in fall of next year. And I really hope we'll all be together in person. And I swear that I will enjoy every single moment in the moment, as they say. But I really loved what Anna Spruill Latimer from the Neon Literary Agency has to say about book launches. Book book launches are like weddings. For the focal person or people, there's a lot of, shall we say, surprise emotional undertow. Because like weddings, they involve a large group celebration of a monumental, intimate, transformative development in one's life. The guest list generally includes everyone whose validation, approval, and attention one desires the most. There's a deep personal vulnerability involved, as well as an implicit financial risk. Unlike weddings, however, there's not a lot of external understanding about the emotional turmoil involved in a book party for the guest of honor. Weddings are solemn, formal, make-the-damn-trip-or-else occasions, but book parties, they're on par with happy hour for them, not for you. For you, it feels like an unrelenting taser of feelings, electrical and uncomfortable feelings, all the feelings, which I have to admit is very, very true. She said this, As you plan the party Do not fall prey to unrealistic expectations and if-then thinking. For example, your hypercritical parents are not going to come to your book launch, weep at what an amazingly accomplished adult you've become, praise you lavishly, and never criticize you again. Your nemesis, nemeses, are never going to come to the party and say, I surrender, I could never accomplish anything more significant or attractive than this. Your emotionally unavailable crush is not going to show up and say, as of this moment you are officially so impressive that I will become a completely different person for you and forthwith pitch my woo. Your emotional problems are not Cinderella's poverty. They are not going to disappear by magic because of a single party. So stop expecting this kind of external circumstance to change your internal landscape. Stop it, she says. And that really made me laugh. It sums up everything. And now in keeping with this podcast with the lovely alliterations of bees, and I have to admit that I'm a sucker for an alliteration, I'd like to chat about book blobs. It's another one of those things that cast a dark shadow of gloom into the soul of every writer. Will I get any book blurbs for this novel? But what are book blurbs really worth? Ken White, publisher of Sutherland Press and author of the newsletter Shush, says this about blurbs. You need only spend half an hour in a bookstore reading blurbs on the front and back covers of books to wonder about the practice of blurbing. Every book by every author is some species of awesome. He goes on to say, in the same cynical spirit, the the 2015 New York Times article noted that Malcolm Gladwell, quote, hands out book blurbs like Santa does presents, which is kind of funny. He says, it turns out that book blurbs, and he, I mean Kenneth, not Malcolm, um, it turns out that blurbs have been a joke since the word was invented. A U.S. scholar, Branda Matthews, coined the term in 1906, and it was popularized a year later by the humorist Frank Gallet Burgess. So this from the Publishers Weekly in 1907 of Burgessian Humor. Burgess then entertained the guest with some characteristic flashes of humour, referring to the word blurb on the wrapper of his book. He said, to blurb is to make a sound like a publisher. The blurb was invented by Frank A. Munsey when he wrote in the front of his magazine in red ink, I consider this number of Munseys the hottest pie that ever came out of my bakery. A blurb is a check drawn on fame and it is seldom honoured. White continues, blurbs are now inescapable. By a rough scan of my own shelves, 90% of books have multiple blurbs, yet there is no evidence to show that readers are swayed by them. Audience research from the Codex Group tested variations of book covers, some with blurbs and some without, in surveys of several thousand readers and a very small number of participants found blurbs to be meaningful. And only when the person doing the blurbing mattered to him, to them, and the blurb itself contributed to the understanding of the book. When it comes to purchasing decisions, 2.5% of participants admitted to discovering a book through the recommendation of a favorite author, and only 1% bought the book as a result. So if they're of no use to readers, what? blurbs for? It's not really clear because no one in the book chain will admit to taking blurbs seriously. Not the book trade magazines, not booksellers, not book reviewers. There's nothing but cynicism about blurbs from one end of the literary supply chain to the other. The best that can be said about blurbs is that they signal to various audiences, the trades, the retailers, the reviewers, and the reading public, that this author hangs with these members of the literary community. He or she is a member of the Bloisie. It is a price of admission to literary credibility, albeit without credibility. Anyway, he goes on quite a bit. And then he says, what, White asks, about the poor souls with no friends or literary talent? Where do they get their useless but essential blurbs? Apparently, there are blurbers for sale out there. He didn't say that, but that's what it led to. But I'm not going to go there. And that ends up our seven minutes um, for this podcast. But it's a fascinating topic. And so I think we'll continue to explore this down the line. Blurbs, book reviews, um, and book parties. There's, There's so much fascinating things out there. And I read so many, should I say. And I really hope that you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. Thank you. Over and out. Goodbye.